break from modern living? Do you long to shed your weary load? If your nerves are raw and your brain is dry, just grab a friend and take a ride together on the open road. Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 104. I'm your host, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always... Uh, David McBurney, Fanboy Master, currently in the process of being gored by Large Man. Uh, in, in Kaijin could not make it this week. Um, yeah, so we have in his place this week... Eric RPG, got it memorized. Oh, God. Oh. Uh, Someone had to. Oh, the... Wheels stuck in the heart of the realm of darkness. Yeah. Well, I've decided to finally make peace with that game. I have repurchased. 358 days over two? Correct. You bought your ice cream. <laughs> I bought it cheap. It's not, let's go crazy here, but yes, I, I have it again, so. It has its moments. Yeah. It was clearly designed originally as a multiplayer game, but no one in America ever played it as a multiplayer game, so... And I the DS online capabilities were... garbage. <laughs> I mean, it was it was meant for local multiplayer on a Japanese train. Like, that's the thought process that went through it. That's why, why you gotta play, base it around Organization 13. Give them all... Give you the player a bunch of different options for characters. I would've liked those options in single player. Nah. Doesn't fit the story it's trying to tell. But I don't care about the story it's trying to tell. I mean, then you came to the wrong place, buddy. <laughs> if you don't uh, care about the story it's trying to tell, you play the multiplayer. But I had no one to play the multiplayer with. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you weren't the target audience. Uh, apparently. Historically, a problem that people have. Uh, problem that people have is reconciling the fact that they're not the target audience for this video game. True, true, true. But it's out. Three is out. Kind of. Tomorrow? A little bit today. I mean, it's downloadable on at 9pm Pacific. Yeah. Must get the physicals. And you'll be you'll be proud of me. I, I avoided the steelbook this time. I held back. I'm, I'm just convinced that that's because you didn't realize it existed. No, I, I knew. It. I, uh, I I knew it existed. But it also looked kind of meh. So. <laughs> I demand a better steelbook. Yes, I do. Have you seen the steelbook from the uh, the uh, one and two collection for PS3? You assume that I don't own that. That's okay. A super good steelbook. I've never liked yeah. steelbooks. You Wheels are banished like, henceforth from this Wheels podcast like a for all time. <laughs> Yes, this is why I would be a Steel-type Pokemon. Usually because I think they're terribly made. Yes, many of them are. It's true. It's like, you made a case that could basically fall apart at any time. Yeah, I got the... I don't uh, usually go in for the ones that have, like, the terrible binding. I, I ordered, uh, was it the Assassin's Creed Origins one on eBay, and it got, like, crushed in the mail. And, na <laughs> and naturally, instead of being like, oh, maybe this is garbage, I ordered another one. What is wrong with you? Well, it's I, like I got a like refund the for the first one. Front and back <laughs> covers are made of steel, but the actual rest of it's made of plastic. I've had ones that have some actual amount of steel within them. Not a lot, but some. The real problem is that I've had some that have, like, this problem with how much uh, the steel wants to keep the di the case wants to keep the disc in, so I always feel like I'm about to snap it in half as I pull it out. I've had that happen a lot with Steelbooks. Uh, I, too bad Kaijin was here, because I was going to ask him what he thought about the the save editor and the like the st stuff like Exploder and stuff like that for the PS4 ban in Japan. Oh, yeah, I don't, th I don't even know how much those were ever popular in Japan, but like, they certainly make, aren't legal there anymore. It's a, it's a very weird law. <laughs> it's like, a lot of law, as with any place, has a lot to do with who can lobby for it rather than what makes sense. I wonder who was lobbying for it. <laughs> oh, game developers have always hated those things. 
So why should they care? I mean, it's a single. If it's a single player game, like why should they care? It's like they hate it because it means that you finish the game faster and get rid of it. Not saying that's a good reason, but it's definitely their reason. A beautiful field of keyblades. Oh, you're you're living has, has that graveyard. Has anybody lobbied for like getting rentals in Japan be legalized? I mean, who who would even be able to lobby for that, especially now? The time to do that would have been, like, 1998 or whatever. <laughs> it's weird that they treat games differently in movies. I or... mean, like, in Japan you can rent CDs. It really has everything to do with who lobbied and when. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, we have a Kingdom Hearts question right off the bat. Oh, uh, I can't believe it. It happened. It's from... Well, music. Well, music rentals are pointless now anyways because you got things like Spotify. Yeah, but again, in like 1998, someone was probably pissed about that. What were you going to say, Wales? Uh, we have a Kingdom Hearts question from Lol Whoops from Discord oh. the other day uh, who says, Who's your favorite original character in the series and why? Also, best cameo. Hmm. I mean, favorite original, a lot of them kind of only work in the context of the series, but I mean, if you forced a gun to my head, it'd probably be someone like Aqua. Yeah. Just because they, they do something kind of fun with her in uh, Birth by Sleep by... The, the three characters... You get three characters to play as, so you assume that the the hero, quote-unquote, is the one that's, you know, just Sora and Roxas, but no. The... the the most competent and the hero ends up being Aqua, which is kind of a fun oh. misdirect on the player's expectations. This playthrough is reminding me I need to play this before I play three. <laughs> it's like an hour and a half long. It won't take much. It's basically an extended demo. <laughs> also that mini-movie that is related to Kai for some reason. Back cover is not really worth your time, but I mean, if you got a couple hours to kill, I guess. That's what the movie is called, Bat Cover. Yeah, Bat Cover. Weird name. Yeah, that's that's a first. <laughs> is that like the bookend version of Fragmentary Packages? <laughs> Why don't you have any magic to be in this game? Whatever. Um, What's this about magic? Because there's a lot of magic in it. I'm sure they're just not part of the tutorial yet. Yeah, okay. I skipped the tor- t- tutorial, my friend. I ain't I nobody got time for that. Like, I love when someone is like, "Oh, why doesn't this game? Why don't? I can't I figure out how this game works?" Oh, I skipped the tutorial. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm just here to dunk on you right now. I don't know. Maybe you have to look in your menu. You have to set your deck up or something. Because you absolutely have magic in that game. I'm just gonna go with Aqua for my answer too, because I don't really have a better answer. How about that? So, are you in like a dark Disney version? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Because I saw a castle. It looked like the Disney castle. I think it's just Castle Oblivion, but it's uh, been a while. Alright, mm. best cameo. That's a good one. That's a lot. Cameo. Like, they've dialed back recently, and I'm convinced that's probably Disney's work, because Disney owns all the original characters, but they don't own the Final Fantasy characters, and they don't want to have to deal with that. But uh, Wait, Disney owns the original characters? Yeah, Disney absolutely owns every character created for Kingdom Hearts. Uh... Bearing in mind that Disney also placed a stricture on Capcom that they were not allowed to show Marvel characters getting beaten up in Marvel vs. Capcom trailers. Wow. So, you know, very, very good at managing that brand synergy. I think Matt... how, how do we promote a fighting game when you when the whole point is fighting? Well, what ultimately ended up happening was a lot of trailers where Capcom characters got their asses kicked. Mm. Marvel characters kicking their asses, you mean? Yeah, pretty much. Ow. That's fine. Um, I think the best cameo for me was VV from Final Fantasy IX. He's just there. He hangs out with Cypher for some reason because he doesn't have any FF9 characters to hang out with. Yeah, it's fine. I like when FF9 gets some manner of props. The only game. reason the only reason that Vivi was allowed in was like the reason that it kept being non like nine and six characters is because Nomura didn't design them, but he would need to redesign them to be in Kingdom Hearts. And he felt uncomfortable redesigning them without their designer's permission. That makes mm. sense. 
And he uses the easiest because he looks like a black mage. Yeah. Well, it was also he did actually ask Amano, "Is it is it cool if I do a redesign here?" But like Setzer, the reason that he's in FF6 is that Nomura made him. Hmm. Uh, that he's in Cage too, I should say. Could he have made him better? Because that would have been nice. Uh, that's rude. <laughs> I don't think it's that rude. I'm not. I'm not even sure what point you're making. I don't know. I I think he looks ugly in that game. I think. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't even have a really of a bit role. So. <laughs> it's mostly to be like, hey, it's the character. He's back. Yeah. He's a braggart. He's a swagger. All right. Next question from JC Servant. Why does Square hate their own characters so much? All I see are Disney characters in these games. You just basically answered that a few minutes yeah, ago. I don't know if Square yeah. hates its own characters. I mean, look at all the lightning promotion that they did over the years. Yeah. Listen, Motomo Toriyama has a lot of personal issues to work out <laughs> regarding lightning. <laughs> like, d- dude was the guy who, like, when asked what his favorite, like, Final Fantasy game was like every other developer was like oh they br- they bring up like one of the foundational texts of the series like something nice to say about someone else's work and he's just like FF13 because I can I can overcome anything when I'm playing this lightning the strongest heroine oh it's he's, like uh, he, it's like he created got, his own virtual um waifu, waifu. yeah <laughs> He did that, and he never wanted to do anything again, which is why the third game in that series... The second game was about how everyone else is desperate to find her, and the third game was about dressing her up. (laughs) (laughs) They had pre-screen questions asking things, like... He says that. Like, they had questions... They did a Q&A, and they were definitely screening questions, but they still took a question asking if any of the outfits showed off her armpits. Like, they were not shy about what they were doing. Video games, buddy. Video games. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I would suspect uh, that Final Fantasy characters are exiled from Kingdom Hearts until further notice, just as a Disney concern. You don't think there'll uh, be another Sephiroth post-game fight in 3? I would imagine that desperately they would like to, because like that actually is a subplot that was leading up to something, but it's just not going to happen. That's a shame. It's, uh, yeah. it's Disney for you. Disney sucks. Kind of. They're very, very... Well, they are. They have a lot of bad entanglements involving copyright, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Disney, the source of and solution to all of life's problems. I'm not sure what's, what problems they're solving. I Problems guess the they think exist. <laughs> but I, I don't think they've ever actually solved a problem, so... Why'd you go and ruin my joke? Uh, How dare by you? By virtue of the fact that I want to correct the record, man. <laughs> Alright, what's the next question? What are some of the questions from last episode? Uh, well, there's only one other question from last episode that I'm aware of. There, another one got added. Uh, you mean aside from the Strawberry Eggs one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because like we already did the stra- strawberry eggs one, so I was saying there's only we did one other. Yeah, that was the one, wasn't that? Oh no, wait, no, that wasn't. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Sorry, I I thought about it earlier and was like, yeah, we discussed that. <laughs> uh, let's see. It starts. Yeah, strawberry egg starts with uh, bringing up the Pokemon Johto theme. I think the version from Pokemon the movie three is superior. I have never heard this version because I did not see that film. I saw I saw 2000, and I was mad hype for that, but 3 came out, and I just never saw it, and never saw another one again. Uh, well, I have a good excuse to watch them all now, so I'll have to do that. It's, it's funny how that works. <laughs> but uh, as for the rest of her question, Fire Emblem Gaiden is considered the black sheep of the series, yet it seems it was uh, near and dear to the hearts of the director of the remake, uh, Kenta Nakanishi. Perhaps that's why Shadows of Valencia was such an incredible game. Have you heard of any other interesting cases of developers having a shine for the oddball or unpopular entry in a game series they worked on? That's difficult to say, because, like, for good and ill, game developers rarely get asked what they think of their game, except right after it comes out. Yeah. So, like, you tend to only be able to tell based on what they choose to incorporate into sequels to that game. 
Well, so. based based on um, the current, the newest Saga game, it seems like uh, the Maestro has a soft spot for Unlimited Saga. Oh, definitely. But I mean, Unlimited Saga, like, that's one of the few that you could bring it up beforehand, because he mentioned in interviews before it came out, like, a lot of people probably aren't going to like this game, but it was important to me to make it. Hmm. So it's like, yeah, he's definitely got a deep shine for that weird board game. As for other ones, like, there's ones I could bring up that, like, oh, I, I know what one I was thinking of earlier, that, like, you you wouldn't hear him say it out loud, but it is clear that he cares about one of these more than the other. So, like, it's quite infamous that there are two Super Mario Brothers 2. But, uh... It's worth noting that Miyamoto seems to prefer the Super Mario Brothers 2 that was released as Super Mario 2 in the West. Hmm. Which is why bits of it kept showing up. Like, well, which is why like, Shikers became 2 is just like hard mode version of 1. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, I don't really like the actual 2. <laughs> yeah, and that's true for a lot of things, but like, there is a certain strain of people that considers it an invalid Mario game because it didn't start as one, but it's clear that Miyamoto is not among them. Yeah. Which is, I suppose, interesting. Uh, trying to think. Like, it's, it's hard to think of directors that were outspoken enough to say things like this. Especially, like, you'll sometimes hear directors that are willing to trash talk versions of their games that they didn't uh, direct, but that's uh, definitely a very different genre. Uh, yeah, again, we're, we're kind of burdened by the fact that developers typically don't talk about <laughs> their games more than six months out, except in retrospectives from 20 years later. Uh, like, it, it didn't... It probably isn't the case anymore, but it didn't used to be the case. I think uh, Aonuma seems fond of Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, which for a very long time was not a popular entry. Oh, that's definitely true. I'd even say it was, at some point, it was probably the black sheep of the series. Yeah. Isn't there, is there such a thing as the Zelda cycle, though? Uh, yeah, basically. I mean, there is, but I, mean, but I mean, that's the game where it really started. I don't know, a lot of people didn't like Ocarina at the time, either. Mm, they were definitely not, like, a loud majority at that point. Yeah. Like. Ocarina of Time was a game that people just kept talking about, so it never seemed like the only people still talking about it were talking about it because they hated it. Whereas a lot of the other ones, like, they left the zeitgeist, and then the only people still talking about it were people who still had a bone to pick with it. Yeah. I feel like any of the Zeldas that are even, like, slightly weird generally get all the hate. So, obviously, Wind Waker, Majora's Mask, Skyward Sword. Meanwhile... Sky, meanwhile, I would say that Wind Waker is legitimately not a very good Zelda game, but uh, that has. I mean, I liked parts of it. I liked the art style, but I hated the fact that the ocean just basically made a deserted world. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Is that like, I like everything about its aesthetic, and like, there's still like a strain of Wind Waker discussion that's convinced that the only people still complaining about the game are people that are still pissed that it doesn't look different. And that's but not like, the case. Yeah, it's it's very much a straw man argument. This is no longer 2003. Yeah. I feel like Twilight Princess uh, wasn't an attempt to address that, but they went too hard in the other direction, and the world was too big, and there wasn't a lot to do in it either. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's land-based instead of sea-based, but I mean, it's still the same principle. I think Twilight Princess has other issues, too, like... Uh... Like the Twilight bug collecting, which also exists in Skyward Sword, but at least it was confined to a single area. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the pacing in it is just sloppy. I would say that Wind Waker's is actually worse, but eh, I don't know that I would agree with that. When eh. Wind Waker gives at you a sword and then immediately takes it away for the worst stealth section in the series, mm. arguable. It, it doesn't and take that long to get through, though. If you know how to do it, in your first playthrough, it's going to take you an hour. Yeah. I mean, it Probably didn't take true. me that long, but it did take, like, at least more than 30 minutes. It's an absolute pace killer. And then you go to the Dragon Roost Island, which is a fine, st 
starter dungeon, kind of, but it's even more linear than the traditional starter dungeon. And then you go to, like, that's the issue, is that, like, the first half of the game feels like it's all built up. It doesn't also, feel like it gets where it's cut going. Also, content that could have been, probably should have been there. It, it was pretty obvious where they had lost stuff, it's true. Yeah, it's amazing they didn't decide to add anything for the remaster. They had already used everything that they were going to. Like at least when, some of the pacing in the remaster has been fixed with the faster sale. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't fix the like genuine like problems with how the game is scripted though. But I mean, like the broader, the broader thing about it is just that like they couldn't add anything back in because the, all the concepts that were going to be in Wind Waker just got reused in Twilight Princess. Like they don't, like if. A dungeon gets cut from one game, it just gets added into the next one, basically. So you just get that problem repeatedly. Where it's like, I remember people were asking, are you going to put those back in? And it's like, buddy, we already used them. They're in Twilight Princess. <laughs> but it's like, it's really obvious where they made cuts, because it's like, oh, you gave me a third pearl, but there's no dungeon associated with it. What I really hope for in the next Zelda is a world like Breath of the Wild, but there's a lot more stuff to actually do in it, and there's an actual narrative. I'm not, I'm not sure what that would actually look like. Because like, 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 yeah, there were the shrines, but you're basically just grinding for the stuff to get more health and stamina. I mean, it just sounds like scope creep at that point. I don't know that there's a way to bridge that gap. They should make it play like. Breath of the Wild, but they should seriously cut down on the size of the world. I'm not sure that Breath of the Wild's gameplay engine even works without a large world to explore is the problem. Mm. It's so much built around like, you can, there's some place you need to climb, basically. Like, it's all built around that climbing system. I think they could make another game with a big world, but not necessarily climbing-based. Yeah. More populated, more towns and stuff. I don't know. I'll see what they come up with. They got time. Yeah. I mean, I'd be fine with another Breath of the Wild style game in uh, taking place in a different part of the world and do some new Although weird it, ideas. It's more likely that we'll see something that returns closer to the roots of the series. I am bringing up that uh, it is mildly interesting that uh, here's a situation where the developers specifically agree with the majority opinion, which is that uh, Zelda 2 is one of the only games that Miyamoto has ever specifically said he doesn't, he is disappointed in. I don't like it either. <laughs> like, his opinion was that a game should grow in during development. Like, it shouldn't just be the game you set out to make on paper. You should learn stuff while you're making it and end up with a different product. But the problem he has with Zelda 2 is that it is just the game they set out to make. And it shows. It's like, let's make Castlevania 2. <laughs> Did that predate it or not? I don't know. Uh, Dracula 2, it's around the same time. I don't know, it always ma amazes me when I still pe still see people, like, laying praise on Zelda 2. Which is people weird, because that's exactly what yes. he was going for when he made Symphony of the Night. <laughs> it's like, I was inspired not by Metroid, but Zelda 2, which was terrible, so I was like, we can make this better. <laughs> also Castlevania 2. Which is also why NPCs took such a long time for them to come back in Ega's games. Like, I hate them. They lied. <laughs> uh, I finally beat my boss. Maybe I can stop after I stop for a minute and actually pay attention to the podcast. Yay. But not likely. Oh. oh. Wait. Oh. What are these, these, these new um, Heartless that are, like, flying? What the hell are they? Uh, flying Heartless are a tradition. Yeah, but they look like umbrellas. Uh, that's fine. I'm pretty sure those appeared in, like, Dream Drop Distance or something. Yeah, it's, uh, they're, uh, guest characters from Yokai Watch. Yokai Watch 3. <laughs> coming out this February 8th. Oh, yeah. For your Nintendo 3, 3DS. Tom, Tom Pre-order now. Tom Nan kept his name, so that's cool. Sweet. Tom. 
Yeah, the, the, the variant of um, Jabanyan that's based off of Tom Cruise. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I suppose the name Tom is generic enough, it's fine. And I love how just absurdly goofy that series is. I mean, that's that's the point. Like, uh... So is this, uh, is this Steve Jobs yokai? Is that somebody you can actually uh, get in your party? I don't, I don't know. I think so. Only no yokai, people. Steve Jobs. I forget what his what he. I forget what his name was. He's like a shark or something. Um, I don't want to know. <laughs> well, I believe it was made while he was still alive, but I don't know that for sure. He's been dead for like seven years at this point. Well, I think you okay watch two is almost seven there's, years old, man. There's, there's, there's also seven the, years ago, the 3DS had only been out for a year. There's also a yokai based on Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, yeah, and he's a whale. Are you gonna go beat that one up? And he's a whale, or as a dolphin? I can't remember. Echo the dolphin. No, he was an orca, so yeah, he was a whale. Then there's the the, the Moogle variant of Jabanian, which they must have had like some kind of agreement score when they did that one. I'm sure. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, but I'm surprised they left it in the North American release. I would imagine it was probably not that difficult to get Square to come to the table, given how many negotiations Square has had with everyone else. Well, they also had some collaboration uh, where they had Yokai Watch in Final Fantasy XIV. So they, Maybe it they was definitely had that. Some, yeah, I'm sure because I'm pretty sure it was around the time that three came out in uh, Japan. So the timing would be right for sure. I almost missed the Magnum ammo. Yeah, it's, it just, it's just funny that they did the event in the West too. Yeah, that's always weird. It's like, well, we have to have the corresponding event. Uh, okay, I think I have to go. Okay, I am also navigating video game. Yay! Can you read us the next question? If, if I must. Once you finish murdering your zombies. No, there's not any on screen right now. I was just going to pick up items. I guess it's not really uh, murder. They're already dead. Let's not have this discussion. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I should play this now, because it looks pretty boring. I mean, there's mostly an empty space. It's a tech demo. How important do you think Kingdom Hearts was for Square? Uh, this is from Eternal Youth. At the time, the company was in the midst of the titanic disaster that was Spirits Within. For better or worse, if you are not a Cage fan, lol, its success might have been a catalyst for Enix feeling good about a merger and gave Square something outside of FF they could ask seven figures for in the West. Yeah, like, I would say Kingdom Hearts was an import became kind of one of their other tent poles. I mean, there's a reason... I'll, I'll put it this way. When Kingdom Hearts 1 finished, Nomura's immediate like post-mortem interviews were all like yeah we don't know how it's gonna do so like if there's a sequel like who knows when i'll be able to get around to it i mean there's other projects i might get assigned to and then like within three years there's like five kingdom hearts projects in production and that's absolutely a case of like oh oh thank because like you would see in you you would see the results of them being just sort of out of money and needing things that they that investors will be excited about, which is why you see the compilation of FF7 and you start seeing their obsession with polymorphic content in the mid-2000s. So, Kingdom Hearts kind of worked as a band-aid solution to one of their big problems, which was that they had Final Fantasy, but it was kind of feast or famine, so they needed other projects that really sold. Anyone else got opinions on this? <laughs> um. Uh. Code Age Commanders. No. <laughs> that sure worked out. I had thoughts when I originally read this question earlier today, and now I'm just drawn blank. How do you feel about the world of Mana? No comment. But like, I mean, name some of the other projects that like came from the late '90s and early aughts, and think about how many of them actually continued into the to now. Basically, I mean, not very many. Yeah, they're they like they were always searching for other projects that would actually, you know, develop a fan base. It just never really took. 
Yeah. Yeah, and apparently Square is thinking about doing something with the Parasite Eve trademark. I mean, good luck. I mean, they, the problem that that had is the same reason that Parasite Eve 3 is called the third birthday and not Parasite Eve. Yeah, but like they actually supposedly trademarked Parasite Eve, so I guess they've got it, the rights. I would imagine now. they would have to have been negotiating for it if they did that. Because otherwise they're cruising for a legal bruising. So what, a, a Parasite Eve remake now? I mean, mm. maybe. It would be kind of... It would be kind just, of a weird game to... Instead remake. of a remake, they should just reboot. And so, here's my question here. So, do you think... Disney cares about Kingdom Hearts. How much does Disney care about Kingdom Hearts? Uh, they care about it enough to meddle in it. <laughs> so, like, so if you more... think the world selection being nothing but things that have that either came out recently or have new films coming out, and like a handful of old ones that they were able to lobby for, if you think that's a coincidence, I've got some opinions to... <laughs> I've got some things to say to you. No, I do not think that's a coincidence at all. So... Although this story is over, I would be shocked if there isn't more Kingdom Hearts in the future. I mean, Disney is at their... If Disney wanted to, they could break their agreement and have anyone make Kingdom Hearts 4. Uh, it would be the worst idea in the world because it's a shockingly auteur-driven series other than the fact that it's also a Disney project. But Yeah. They could certainly like, do it. I, I would argue that Nomura is absolutely an action RPG auteur. He makes a very specific kind of game that no one else makes. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, legally, all of the rights to Kingdom Hearts are Disney's. So, if they... And they've... There are very obscure cases where they have asserted them. Specifically, there is, like, a phone game you've never heard of from back when a phone game meant a flip phone game that is... A Kingdom Hearts spinoff. It's from like 2003, and uh, yeah, it's not developed by Square. It has no Square characters, but interesting. It sure starred Sora. Very interesting. Well, we will see where things go in the future. Yeah, I, th I think it's an interesting game. Uh, I think it's an interesting question as to where they kind of go from here I mean make new characters start some sort of new story like we don't know how the game actually ends no one actually knows the epilogue of this game because the patch as far as I know isn't out <laughs> until tomorrow nice so as far as I can tell we, we really have no place to speak of like according to Nomura this is the end of the quote unquote dark seeker saga and I have read, like, what in, what reviews I've read seem to imply that this does feel like a final chapter on at least the current story. But we really have no idea, like, do they make new characters? Do they make new lore? Do they just reboot? Where does it go from here? It's eh, anyone's guess. Interesting. So, like, I, I would presume that they wouldn't actually reboot. It's got too much of its identity wrapped up in what it is. Yeah. But, I mean, that would absolutely be... It could be essentially a soft reboot that cent centers the game around a different cast. Yeah, that that's what I would expect, anyway. I couldn't see them ever doing, like, a full full-on reboot with nothing nothing referencing the past series at all. Yeah, that would be a little, a little steep given how much that the series is sort of marked by how much it's uh, you know as much as people complain about oh I haven't followed the series I don't know what's going on I mean like that's part of what keeps people playing is that they do that some people do know what's going on and do yeah. care maybe they should actually get decent writers this time <laughs> I mean like they're gonna get the same writers they always get which is to say people like Daisuke Ono and uh Kazushige no Jima, so you're going to get the same things. Kingdom Hearts is not, like, a great lore series, but it is a good, like, character series. Like, it is easy to care about the characters because they embody shonen archetypes. So... Yeah, I think that's the important thing about a lot of these series where they have quote-unquote weird series that are hard to follow. Like, you don't have to know every lore 
detail. You're going into Disney worlds, meeting Disney characters, and having fun with a bunch of cool characters. It doesn't re- you don't need to know every lore detail or understand the story fully. It's okay. To put it's it okay. I need to get going, but before I go, I wanted to like put out some stupid Kingdom Hearts spin-off ideas. Uh, I'll do it. Sure. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Muso. Yes. Oh, yes. I already kind of that several times. <laughs> and uh, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I was. I had it, and it was before I was thinking about Musu. But uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts uh, dating sim. Oh. <laughs> Can date all thirteen members, all fourteen members of Organization Thirteen. Wait, what? <laughs> I was just like thinking of bad ideas, and it's like, oh, a dating sim. <laughs> also, yes, all fourteen members of Organization Thirteen. <sighs> but like to to go it another way, like Kingdom Hearts is aware that Kingdom Hearts is hard to follow, which is why half of the games that Sora, like both numbered games that Sora is the star of involve Sora not knowing what's going on so that someone can explain to him what's pertinent from prior games. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, Sora doesn't know anything that happened in that game, so someone is going to have to come in and explain it to him and by proxy the audience. Kingdom Hearts 2 starts with him having forgotten that Chain of Memories happened, and therefore the fact that you don't know who all these Organization 13 people are is part of the plot. <laughs> You are Sora. <laughs> yeah, like, Sora is the audience stand-in, both in that he is supposed to be a good-natured teenage boy, which is generally what the series is aimed at, but he's also just only kind of knows what's going on. So, you know, KH knows what it is. <laughs> it almost kind of reminds me of the plot of Bravely Default, although they dragged on for way too long and not explaining anything. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Also, it's, uh, like... Also, like, Kingdom Hearts characters are thin. Bravely Default characters are thin. There is not much going on there, so you can't rely on that to take you through. So... The one thing that bothered me about Kingdom Hearts is, like, uh, with Chain of Memories and then going into 2, is, like, they made a point to say that, like, like, the Riku could use the power of his darkness for good, but, uh... By the time we get to the second game, they know darkness is bad. Don't use it. <laughs> Maybe don't hurt yourself like that. But yeah, it's one of those things, like, it's clear that a lot, like, a lot of Kingdom Hearts 1 was designed with the assumption that, like, it was a one-off with potential for sequels. So, like, there's a lot of stuff that's just, oh, the quote-unquote lore here is very, like, thin, like... The concept that there's more than one Keyblade does not exist in Kingdom Hearts 1, which is why everyone calls it THE Keyblade. And the fact that there's more than one of them is a surprise twist, and it implies that, oh, people don't have Keyblades, worlds have them, and that's... Mickey got the World of Darkness's Keyblade, and that's why he has a Keyblade. And then once two rolls around and the secret movie comes in, they're suddenly like, "Eh, well, what if there's a bunch of these? What if they're just really good weapons that are good at killing Heartless, and they don't have to be, like... They are magical, but they're not one of a kind. Like, that idea just goes by the wayside, because that's just sort of how most everything that starts out as a one-off with the potential for a sequel and becomes a franchise does. There's just stuff that doesn't jive anymore. By the way, I have no idea what's going on in this game anymore. Uh, Aqua is stuck in the world of darkness for a long time. Uh, Okay. She just got sucked through a mirror by herself. It's not weird at all. That's it's fine. Normal. It's fine. I don't want to fine. speculate that that she's not actually consumed by darkness and she's just putting on a show so she can lure out Xenonort. Like I would imagine that like the plot is not going to be like oh no she's actually been corrupted because like that does not seem uh, very Kingdom Hearts but we'll see. Uh, or Sora fixes everything. The happy end. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a happy end, because it's still Kingdom Hearts, but... Well, it turns out in the end that Goofy was the ultimate darkness. (laughs) (laughs) 
I still like desperately want a, a goofy wo- movie world just by virtue oh, of that. Yes. that that awful concept that I came up with where like Goofy is uncant like Sora just replaces Max and Goofy doesn't quite know what's going wrong, but he knows something's off. <laughs> oh man, I know what the music to use for this episode now. Do you need well, a break I'm from gonna... modern living? <laughs> All right. I'm gonna go. See you, Eric. See you, Eric. Thank you for joining us. Long to schedule weary moments. <laughs> Your nerves are wrong. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep doing this. Oh, gonna hurl right on the open road. <laughs> just me and little Maxie, my pipsqueak pioneer. Oh, that's such a good like, movie. You can't stop me. I'm gonna keep doing this. No, I, ha- I have no problems with this. You know I love that movie. Please don't so forget me. I will return someday, though I may be in traction when I do. All right, what was our next question? We got one from a. Um... There, there was another Eternal Youth. Like I did not read all of Eternal okay. Youth's question. Yeah, and I wanted to say uh, thank you to him. He responded when I complained at, about a lack of questions and jumped right in. Yeah, thank you. Uh, do you think now that there's a clear audience that loved the more casual Pokemon-style games, we might see them alternate between Gen games and Let's Go-style games? It's an interesting question. Hmm. I feel like they're more likely to try to marry the two styles, and so you're probably going to see some growing pains about that, but I don't think... They want Pokemon to... They, they want the main Pokemon RPGs to be as inclusive as possible. That's always sort of been the point, and that's why they're so tutorial-heavy and why the main campaigns are always so easy, is because they're games that are designed to be for players from, like, 6 to 600. Yeah. So you run into that. But I, I think what you'll end up seeing is that they're going to try to keep luring in that audience by making them less intimidating, even if they don't actually make them less mechanically complex. Uh, And outside of wild Pokemon being visible in gen eight, which features from let's go, would you like to see expanded on if any, uh, or a new idea you have personally, you would like to see, uh, let me keep having a Pokemon on my head. (laughs) Yeah, that is kind of fun. Like, Poker-Ride and the Pokemon on your head are both great. Like, I like the attitude that the game has that Pokemon are your friend. You love, like, you love them and they love you. So, you know, you have this very close world that Pokemon, like, this world of Pokemon for you to discover and be friends with. Like, that is fun. That should be, uh, I want that to continue to be a tenet of Pokemon they expand upon. I think um, one thing I'd like to see, and this wasn't a feature of Let's Go, so it's not exactly fit fitting to this question, but I'd like to see no, more. No, no, he asked for things you want okay. to see. I want more regional variants, and the reason I want that is because it's a nice way, it's a nice, like, nostalgia thing to, so, you know, Longtime fans, fans coming back to the series for a while, they can kind of be like, "Oh, I I know that Pokemon," but now it's like a different version of it. I think it's it's a cool thing, but you know, for players where that's their first game, you know, it's it's not like they're left out of a joke or something. It's just another one it's of the po- to Pokemon. To them, it's just a new Pokemon. Exactly. I think it's it's a really cool cool thing to do rather than just always, you know dumping in a bunch of older or always just dumping in certain like older Pokemon for nostalgia's sake like unchanged Like the, one of the reasons they have to keep doing that is the power creep of the series it's like a card game where they have to keep making new change, new versions just by virtue of the fact that those old Pokemon are just not viable as a thing that you can just use unadulterated yeah. So they're going to keep doing that because they need to keep, like, Kanto and Johto Pokemon relevant. And part of that is going to involve changing their typings and their stat lines to make them a little less simple. Because they're so archetypal. Yeah. So, I, I would suspect, like, is there any Pokemon that you really want to see a new regional, regional variant on? Um... And if so, like, what kind of 
change would you want to see to it? I'd like to see a regional variant on like some of the most popular starters, like uh, say hmm. Gren Ninja is I think is a good one, which is like water and dark type. Maybe they can do a some sort of variant play on that. It's a cute idea. Yeah. Especially because it's supposed to be a ninja. Dark type makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, and the one, the here's, I, I don't know if this counts as a feature, but I want new Eevees. Oh, absolutely. I feel like those need to happen at least once every other generation. Yeah. Give, uh, give me a dragon type. That would be fun. Yep. Uh, maybe a bug type. That'd be cool. Bug type Eevee. How about a Steelion? Oh, that'd be neat. There's a lot of good EV types. Yeah. I think they're obviously... They're obviously holding some back so they can use those at some point, so... But yeah, they're, they're also trying to position... Like, Let's Go was their attempt to position EV as Pikachu's partner. Yeah. So... We might... Uh, that. We might see more of that. But I think the one feature the one big feature from Let's Go that I, I don't think I really don't think they're going to do this in the next game and is the the change of not actually fighting wild Pokemon it wouldn't surprise me if you had the option to not yeah. fight them Yeah. Like that's how I see them squaring that circle it makes sense to me I think it's good to I think it's important because it it's again it speaks to that idea of Pokemon are your friends, you don't want to hurt them. Right. So you're not like building the entire mechanic around like oh, you're kicking the hell out of this small animal. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with that. I just don't I don't think the the gimmick from Pokemon Go is the right answer. I'm okay if they try something else. Yeah. I'm okay if they try something else. But I don't. It, to me, it was really boring. Like I have kind of this other, the other opinion, which is I think that the traditional Pokemon catching is mostly just frustrating and not that fun. I, I like, would, I would agree. It's but it's not that I hate it or anything. Right. But it's not an ideal mechanic, and I'm perfectly fine with it going yeah. away forever. Essentially. <laughs> well, for well, here's the thing. For me, it was always it's always annoying to some extent but it was i think largely because of the fact that it was random encounters like i like if, that is good to see go away and i hope it yeah. never comes back with that gone i'd be fine if it still battles because i can like specifically look for the pokemon i'm trying to get and otherwise just kind of walk around and avoid the other battles instead of having to run away every two seconds because uh, i don't want to fight something i'm just trying to get through this tall grass so yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I think there's a lot of potential to add to the series just by virtue of the fact that they can show a breathing world now. Yeah, and you know that's that's fun. It's nice to see that because yeah, this goes where I want to go. I'm still navigating Resident Evil because I'm a broken <laughs> human being, and I'm still trying to figure out where. Oh, never mind. Maybe I figured it out. I was stuck, and I'm unstuck. Uh, so is that all the questions we got? I think that's about it. Damn. Um. Listen, we can talk about other things. Yeah. Let's talk uh, about the... What kind of thing would you want to see, like, if you could cross over two dopey things that you love into a Kingdom Hearts-style thing, what would what would they be? Uh, Yokai Watch. Mm hmm And... Mario. Interesting. And I'm trying not to just say into a turn-based stretch. <laughs> Very you. Um, I'm gonna say Yokai Watch and Mario into a Pokemon-ish game where can't believe Mario is surrounded by Yokai. Where all the Yokai are like Mario themed. That's that's a cute idea. I like that. But yeah, that, that's that's fun. Uh, uh, here, here I'll throw out another weird one: um, Pokemon and Yokai in a uh, mystery dungeon game. 
Oh, heavens. The problem is that might happen. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Like, Yokai Mystery Dungeon isn't even that weird of a concept. And I mean, they did. Crossovers. They did. They did the um, crossover with Romance of the Four Kingdoms. So, they are. Four Kingdoms. <laughs> they've already done. Romance of the Three Kingdoms, sorry. They've, it was not. It was Nobunaga's ambition. Uh, no, that's what Pokemon did. Yokai did oh, romance. Oh, oh, I thought yeah. you were talking about Pokemon. No. Yeah, I'm saying they already stole one of the spinoff ideas. Yeah. When, are you gonna, when is Yokai Busters going to cross over with the new Ghostbusters that's coming in 2020? That would be weird, and I would play that. I mean, you would. Yeah. It's for you. And all, literally, like, only me. I mean, it's probably for someone else, but I couldn't tell you who they were. Uh, I mean, someone. Yeah. Sorry, I'm solving a safe at this point. No worries. Um, so, what other topics do we have to cover? Um, talk about the upcoming Pokemon TCG expansion, which I'm excited oh, about. Oh, heavens, are they doing that? Yeah, it comes out on Friday. So, uh, what's the set called? Uh... Sun and Moon team up. Oh, is this what the team up cards you've been telling me about are doing? Yes. Yes. So there's some pretty cool ones. New, the whole new gimmick is tag team GXs, or basically two Pokemon and one card. And the coolest one that I really want to get is uh, Zoark and Greninja. <laughs> that's a that's a weird combo. I'm not going to lie, that's a weird combo. Well, they're both dark types. I suppose. Uh, well, there's some pretty funny other ones. There's uh, Pikachu and Zekrom. Yeah, that wouldn't have expected. <laughs> there is uh, Eevee and Snorlax. <laughs> Peace in a pod, those yeah. two. Just can't get them away from each other. Magikarp and Wailord. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's, they deserve each other. That's actually the first one they released. It was in uh, some promo pack. Uh, <laughs> but how playable is it? Um, in standard, probably not. Um, <laughs> in I was just playing in expanded today, and someone w- was about to power it up with energy on turn one, and I just conceded and it's like, okay, I'm <laughs> good. Well, I can't win. I can't win this. Yeah, this this is over. <laughs> is done. Okay, you don't need to destroy me. Yes. I'll see myself out. <laughs> uh, what were some of the other ones? I think there's only like ten or something like that, so it's not a ton. One yeah, was... I mean, you, you don't want to flood too many of those, and that's going to take up a lot of a set. So. One was just those like dragon twins. I forget what their names are. Zachrom and Rushrom? Or... No. Uh... Latios and Latios? That, that's the one, which is kind of boring. It's like this is too. Yeah, I mean those are two. Those are just two Pokemon that are always portrayed together yeah. anyway. You've just given me Eevee and Snorlax, and you've gone from that to the most obvious answer. I don't know, you know, like you do. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Now that they're here, it's a fun concept, and I think uh, uh, they should have some fun with it. I think so. The sets come out in Japan, I want to say like a month or two ahead of the U.S. release, so I'm mm-hmm. assuming um, the next set also uses this concept, and we'll see that one in Japan relatively soon, so it will be interesting to see like what weird combinations they come up with, and I am wondering if this is something that's something like this is going to be like in Gen 8, or if it's just something that the, the I mean... TCG team came up with. I mean, how different would that be from just a double battle, though? Oh, that's a question that I don't know. Maybe uh, I know they've done some things in the past where you could like combine two po- Pokemon, and <laughs> by your powers combined. Yeah, ex- well, I, I don't know. I am Captain Pokemon. We'll have to see, but yeah, it's probably just something for the TCG, which is fun. It's it's a fun thing they can play around with it's and get good some that leverage. They don't out of. feel beholden to it being like just extensions of the games. Yeah, well, I mean, they've already that done make... en- enough weird things different from the. 
like metal is, energy. Yeah, which it's it's difficult to explain to my my kid. It's no, like, it doesn't work like that in the game. Yeah, it's I I have to do that constantly. It's like uh, he's like, why are there? Why is there like a? Is this like an Alolan form of like one of the Pokemon where it? It's like a different type. I'm like, no, no, son. In the game, it's there's subtypes, and they're just printing a different version of the card to account for the subtype. And this is probably very confusing for you. <laughs> they actually just want it to be like certain things. They want to be able to counter certain other things. Yeah. I'm sorry, son. Game balance is hard. Yeah, and that's that's why like attacks don't have an uh, a type. And it's on the cards themselves only, which actually confused me today, which it shouldn't at this point. But I was I was, I have a dragon deck, so there's there they use like multiple different types of energy. That's the whole thing with dragon dragon types in the card game is they have no energy of their own, so they either are using some other energy or a combination of two or three or I think one even has four. Um, but yeah, I was using an attack that required fire energy against something that was weak against uh, fire and was shocked when it didn't do double damage. And it was like, oh, right, right. Uh, I've been owned. I've been owned by my own brain. How have you done this to me? <laughs> I who fed you. Unrelated, in Resident Evil, I just got the Magnum parts. Nice. I don't actually feel uh, that confident about uh, going forward, but oh well. <laughs> That's how it should be. Uh, so what else do we got coming up soon in RPGs? Obviously Kingdom Hearts 3 is all that anyone in That's... our community will be talking about for a while. I mean, that's all I want to be talking about for a while regarding yeah. our community, so... Uh, God Eater 3 actually comes out. Um, All the wheels in the community will be just over the moon about that. I am not buying that at, at start, because i got to get me some Yokei Watch 3, and what the heck else? I'm picking something else up the same week. What the heck is it? Oh, Etrian Odyssey! <laughs> oh yeah, Etrian Odyssey uh, next Yeah. You know, that one that's the swan song of the 3DS. Yeah. We'll send you out in style, old buddy. Well, hopefully we still get uh, Persona Q2. Oh, yeah, someone filed a... There was a application for a rating for that in Australia, so oh, yes. good, 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 good. Just Very for wheels. And some of the other people I know. I know plenty of people that really want Persona Q2, so... You don't? Uh, I never finished Persona Q1. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I it, it's one of those things where it's like it's cute, but at the same time, I mean, it it really does like strip down every Persona character to like a trait. Yeah. And like that that's fun, but I mean, it does get a little tiring after a while. I mean, like. Especially, like, you get to someone like Akihiko and his entire character has been subsumed in... Have you considered training? <laughs> well, that could have gone a lot worse. Yeah, try and follow me down an elevator shaft. See what happens. Sorry, I, I play games with a deep, intense dislike for everything that would dare oppose me. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just over here getting destroyed by this boss. Oh, yeah, I remember there being some tough bosses late in that. I'm fighting myself. Who could be more dangerous? I'm just imagining, like, instead of wheels fighting the reverse... Like, I'm imagining there being, like, a reverse wheels, like how there's a reverse flash. <laughs> the reverse wheels. I'm not even sure what that would look like. Just an inverted wheel. That's just another wheel, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Alright, I guess we should wrap this thing up. Probably keep yeah, the live stream like going for a bit, but... To wrap up the actual podcast recording. Um, yep. So Relatively us, short today, but I mean, that happens. Yeah. So send us questions in the normal place on the Discord. Uh, leave yeah, it on the last episode. Um, you can um, hit me up on Twitter, at Ask Wheels. And that's about it. Meh. Yeah. 
See ya, Space Cowboys. See ya. Waxy, wait up! You forgot your lunch. Have a good day. <laughs> They've been laughing since I can remember. But they're not gonna laugh anymore. No more Maxi the Geek. No more Goof of the Week like before. No more algebra tests till September. No more looking at losers like him.